It is Wednesday, April 7th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. First thing today, I want to go back to the Calvin Cater and Max Holloway fight. It was an ugly fight. It it lasted five rounds. I thought it could have been stopped, if I remember correctly, after the second. Definitely should have been stopped at the end of the fourth. There was no way that Cater was going to win outside of a Hail Mary knockout. And the way Holloway was tuned in that night, that was never going to happen. Um, the, the referee was in a position where, by the rules, he could not stop the fight. Uh, the corner was in a position where it should have stopped the fight. Their fighter was taking too much abuse and better safe than sorry. He wasn't going to come back. The The myth of the Hail Mary knockout is too prevalent in, 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 in MMA. But And because of that, I think that was one of the main reasons that Cater's corner didn't throw the towel. It's dumb. That that myth needs to be done away with. And now we're finding out that Cater's still paying the price for that loss. And is it worth it? Was it worth it? The answer is monetarily no, because now he's not even training. He's not fighting. He's not training. He's not getting ready for another fight. Had the towel been thrown in earlier... Maybe he would be. I can't say he would be because he, you know, took a lot of abuse. If he threw the talent at the end of the second, there's a better chance that he would be training now than if you let the fight go five rounds. If you threw the talent at the end of the fourth, again, there's a better chance that he could be training, but you never know. So I don't want to say that had the towel been thrown in, he would still not be out because I can't say that. I'm not a doctor. But I can say he'd probably have a better chance because less abuse, you would, you know, you just figure that's less trauma. Less trauma probably has a better outcome. Probably. Can't guarantee it, but probably. And what we do know is that he's still dealing with the after effects of that loss. And here's what um, his teammate told James Lynch, Rob Font told James Lynch. He's in and out. We're trying to kick him out of the gym because he's getting anxious. He's kind of getting to that point where he wants to start moving around more. It's like a little baby. We're just trying to baby him right now. Like, slow down. You got a lot of big fights, a busy year. Just take time off and just hang out. But it's hard, especially coming off a loss. You want to get back and you want to fix everything you thought you messed up. And right now we can't. So it's one of those things where I want to. I want him back in the gym, but he shouldn't be in the gym. So we're trying to think of ways to keep him active inside the gym. All this sounds good, but what I don't like was the wording used by Font in this interview when he spoke to Lynch. What bothers me is the, you know, we're trying to baby him right now and and saying that, that you know, you're babying him. But the reality is you're not babying him, you're doing the right thing. But by using that word, baby, babying, it comes across as if, He's being coddled. He's being quote unquote soft that this is not a normal thing, that this is not something that every fighter should be doing after a tough loss. But 100%, this is what should be, do be doing, what fighters and their gyms and their teammates should be doing. 
you're not babying him, you're caring for his health. But when you use that word, people will take it that, you know, it's just softness. It's not the right thing to do. It's kind of, we're pitting him. We're, we don't want him to fight. The reality is the team is doing the right thing. And so you, you should use different wording in this because you're sending the wrong message. Is it intentional? Probably not. But is this, is that what some people are going to hear? They're going to hear you're babying him. And then they're going to hear that, you know, you're, you're taking an overabundance of caution. You're not, you're not doing the normal thing. You're not doing the right thing. You're doing what is over and above what you should be doing. That's not the case. If he's showing the effects of that fight still, and I'm gathering he is because they're not letting him take take abuse in the gym, well, then you're doing the prudent thing. You're doing the right thing. You're handling this correctly. Stress that. Stress that fact. Don't use negative terms about this. This is a positive. Don't make it a negative. Make it the norm. This is what camps and fighters should be doing. So that bothered me uh, a great deal. I didn't, I didn't like the wording, and I hope it was a mistake. But the message is out there now, and some people are going to take it uh, the wrong way. So be careful. Fighters, coaches, camps, doctors, promoters, be careful the language you use sometimes uh, because some people will misconstrue it. And this, I think, is going to be a case where it will get misconstrued. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong, but it's just something to be aware of because some people are just, you know, knuckleheads. And I'm not saying anyone in this camp is a knucklehead. I'm just saying knuckleheads could be taking it out of uh, out of uh, context. Sorry for the noise. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, we know, lost to Habib Nurmagomedov. And he tapped, and he before he tapped, he was he got beat up. I mean, he I think he won a round, but he wasn't winning the fight when it ended. And for some reason, McGregor always has to take these little victories, which are little victories, I think, in only his mind, and poke fun at fighters that beat him. And Nurmagomedov, because it was the anniversary of that fight, well, the, that intended fight because it was the anniversary of the Brooklyn incident where he threw a, a a dolly into the bus and injured fighters and caused the cancellation of many fights on that card that he decided it was the right time to take a shot at Nurmagomedov because Brett Akamoto mentioned that it was the injury, I mean the anniversary, and he tweeted and deleted, which, come on now, that the daggy on the bus goes poo 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 all through the town. In reference to that idea that Nurmagomedov was scared and wouldn't get off the bus. First of all, why would you get off the bus? You get paid to fight. So come on. Second of all, the only victory McGregor had that night, that day, was that he beat up a bus. He injured UFC employees, he injured UFC fighters. He caused undue stress. He cost the UFC money. He got arrested. So where's the win? He won nothing. And then he went, when he did get to fight Habib, he tapped. He won nothing then either. So if you're going to take the fact that you beat up a bus as a victory, 
I don't know. I uh, that shows me something about you. That that's your victory. You beat up a bus with a bunch of knucklehead friends you brought over from Ireland. So you cost yourself money too. And what did you accomplish? Nothing. Nothing at all. So it was a dumb thing to uh, celebrate. And I have no idea why you would even try and do that. It's just silly. Shows a, a little bit of a weakness in McGregor's you know, mind as well in that I didn't win the fight, but I won this. I won this. I beat up a bus. Come on now. The fight kits from Venom are out, and meh, they're fight kits. They just look like they were a little bit of rearranged from the Reebok, maybe updated graphics a little bit, but as far as being impressive, not one bit. They all serve their purpose. Everyone will look the same, more or less, with some different colors on their kits, but there's no personality. You are a interchangeable cog in the UFC, and you're going to wear a uniform, and... The only way we're going to know you in some in some time in some ways is because your name is going to be on that on that uniform. So it was as expected because of the delay in the announcement. How long it took for the announcement to go public that it was going to be unimpressive. Nailed it with that, and it's the same as it was. You know, and that's what the UFC said they wanted. They wanted the same as what they had with Reebok. They got that. Removed all personality from the fighters, and that means, you know, the what's being promoted with these kits is, is the UFC. It's not the fighters. It's not Venom. It's the UFC, and it standardizes things, and it increases the UFC's ability to put logos on the canvas because that's the only logos that are going to be in the cage and on the fight kits or so... Are, are what the UFC says they, that can be. And so it costs the fighters money because now they're making less than they would have even with the Reebok deal because of inflation. And they can't get their own um, sponsors. But the UFC can sure as hell get sponsors. And they'll put those all over the canvas. So the canvas looks uh, like, a, like a NASCAR car now, like a NASCAR jacket. Whatever room the UFC can find around that octagon they're gonna place, they're gonna place advertisements. They've, they've, they're doing it, and whenever they get another advertiser, it, they just add it to another empty space. So, was it, was it as expected? One hundred percent. Is it disappointing? One hundred percent. And John Nash spoke about this with uh, Steffi on Crooklyn's Corner on Bloody Elbow Podcast, and I listened to that and. Nash brought up a, a lot of good points, uh, a lot of them. And one thing that he brought up was, and this kind of really hit home for me because I've been a big proponent of um, unionization and getting a fighters association and getting representation. But what he brought up, and I want to add a little bit to it as well, was that he doesn't think that would happen for several reasons. And one of the reasons was the UFC has to Prevent, pre present a fight card every week. And with the increase in fight cards, if you compare this to the NFL, you NFL has to do one weekend, you know, one day a week. 
maybe a couple, you know, and then a couple more um, games during the week, but nothing excessive. So they have more or less one weekend a week they have they have to present. UFC has to present forty sometimes a year. So you may get everyone to sit out one week, two weeks. But the pay design of the UFC is not such that fighters can sit out, uh, many fighters can sit out longer than that. And so all the UFC has to do is book 24 fighters, 20 to 24 fighters a week. They get one week, and, they, and from what we've seen here during the pandemic, they can do that, and they don't give fighters a long time to prepare. And so that's business as usual. So if you can get 20 to 24 fighters a week, to cross that line, and I do believe the UFC will, or if they don't, all they have to do is sign 20 to 24 other fighters every week and throw the UFC name on the event, and it's going to do business. And this is something the fans have been conditioned conditioned for since the day the Fertitta brothers bought the, bought the UFC. The big thing for the UFC was, is, and will be promote the brand and then promote Dana White, and then if you have to, promote the fighters. And so now with everyone being conditioned to watch UFC, what's happening this weekend? I'm going to watch UFC. It's not I'm going to watch Marvin Vittori. It's not I'm going to watch Kevin Holland. It might be I'm going to watch John Jones. I'm going to watch Conor McGregor. I'm going to watch Francis Ngannou. It might be that, but that's like five fighters. Five to ten fighters that you are going to watch those fighters. Five to ten if you're lucky. And that's from fans and not casuals. Casual fans, it's probably two or three. And so if you're going to watch UFC on Saturday, you're going to watch UFC. Do you know any of the fighters? Maybe not, but you're still going to watch UFC. So uh, I didn't really, I mean, I knew this, but with the way it was presented by John Nash, it sank in a lot more that... There's not going to be, uh, barring some kind of big change, that's the way the UFC is going to go. Even if they get the current group of fighters on the roster to sit out for a month, if they all agree somehow or other that they're going to sit out for a month, they're not going to announce that. But they all, they all agree there's going to be a work stoppage. If it goes past the month, more and more fighters are going to keep crossing that line. And if they don't, the UFC just keeps paying $10,000 to $12,000 for the fighters that it wants, that it can get to present a UFC event. So it'll break. Um, will it, and it, you know, if you cross the line, if you don't cross the line, the UFC just freezes you out. And even if you do cross the line, if, if you're in the bad graces, they can make your life miserable by how they offer you fights, where they offer you fights, when they offer you fights, as long as they offer you fights, they only have to, the only real provision in the contract is you have to be offered an X amount of fights per year. It doesn't say where, when, how, who. It just says the number of fights that have to be offered. So there's a lot of wiggle room for the UFC to make a fighter's life miserable, even though that fighter is only an independent contractor. So, yeah, that by how he uh, broke that down, it, it made me not too optimistic. So it was a very good listen from Nash. Depressing, somewhat depressing, but not shocking, not shocking. Um, something that also I think was discussed in there and has been discussed by other people, and, and when we talk about 
the Reebok deal not being worth what it what it was when it was first signed due to inflation. Let's take a look at fight night bonuses in in respect to that. So fight night bonuses were standardized in 2014. In 2014, the UFC said everybody's going to get 50K. Every fight night bonus is going to be 50. And I think they've held to that statement. $50,000 in 2014 is now worth $45,000. So the 50 you got, five grand off there. So inflation, the UFC has not adjusted the bonuses for inflation. If it did, they would be 55000 And, you know, it, look at it as a cost of living allowance. These are the raises to keep up with the cost of inflation. The UFC has not done that. Has not done that. And in the same way, the UFC has not done that as far as uh, fighter uh, pay. So I think as far as I can see, 2015 is when the majority of fighters that were coming into the UFC started to get 12000 as opposed to ten or 8000 And if you look at $12,000 in 2015, well, that was worth $12,000, obviously. $12,000 in 2015 as compared to 2021 is 10800 and rounding up $14. So a grand less. So if, if you... If you really want to look at it, you know, the starting wage to keep up with inflation would be around 13 grand. Well, we don't know what it is because the UFC has has convinced uh, uh, many, if not all, with the exception of California, athletic commissions that it does not need to release the fighter pay scales. So that's unfortunate as well. But, you know... Maybe the UFC should look at keeping up with the rate of inflation here. They don't because no one's forced the issue. But now with the realization that it's out there with the uh, with the with the Venom deal not being worth what the Reebok deal is worth in real money, well, maybe now is the time to start looking at this for the fighters and saying, "Hold on, these fight numbers, these paid numbers have not changed in X amount of years." And well, this is what I was getting in twenty. 15 and now I want to be getting more obviously and an adjustment for inflation but again this is not something that's going to be forced but it should be something the fighters are at least aware of and pushing for maybe every three three four five years you go in there the UFC and adjust for inflation will it happen no could it happen 100% would it look good Absolutely. Should the UFC do it just for PR purposes? Absolutely. Will it? No. But it would look good to do that because now we're starting to see things are stagnating a little. And that's not in in air. They're stagnating because that's by design. So be aware that the fight night bonuses are worth about five grand less than they were when they were first announced. And the standardized starting pay is worth um, about $1,200 less than it was when when $1,200 was first introduced. So something to be aware of, something to keep in mind, something to watch. And on that note, I call it a night. I will be back tomorrow. Until then, everyone stay safe. <laughs>